Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. It's Judy. Hey, guys. It's Sana. I'm not sick, finally. It's kind of amazing. Ugh. I was going to say. I know. I needed you to stay away from me for a while. I sounded very congested for a lot of our weeks of podcasts, so I apologize, guys. But I'm back at it with full volume. Healthy Judy. <laughs> what a novel idea as I run away on vacation. But before that, we've got a lot of amazing, exciting things happening. Um, and we are actually... Uh, Always excited about um, returning to Y'all West, which is a YA and um, middle grade book festival that's out in Santa Monica that's run by Margaret Stoll. And she was gracious to have us out again this year. Um, and we did a fairly amazing panel with uh, great guests. Yes, lots of great guests. We had um, Lorraine Sink. Uh, who you is, might know her. You guys have probably heard of Lorraine Sink. She's been everywhere. Um, Sam Maggs. Of course, Margaret Stoll herself. Andrea Towers, and Stephen Wacker. Oh, Mr. Wacker. Mr. Wacker, our honorary woman of Marvel. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. And I love that festival because it's a great opportunity for us to interact with not the regular sort of con circuit and fan circuit, people who are all Marvel fans, but who are kind of coming through it in different ways and from, you know, whether they're watching the films or whether they're, you know, reading our prose books now that we have prose books. Um, so it's it's always a good time. And I love that they're making such efforts to make sure kids are reading and excited about reading. Um, and now that graphic novels and comics have become so much more popular in the last few years they have a really great presence at these festivals so if you guys are ever around whether actually there's two festivals they've got um y'all y'all west and then they've got y'all fest fest that's right y'all fest which is on the east coast so i highly recommend it you can go with the whole family they have in and out trucks yeah, which, is, which are delicious. There's bookstores. You can meet your favorite authors. Yes. There's just fun panels throughout the day. And all in all, it's such a great experience just to see the next generation of readers. Yeah, so we talked a bit about, on our panel, talked a little bit about what it's like working at Marvel, what everyone, um, our esteemed guests, what they're working on and what they're excited about. And just sort of more of a behind-the-scenes sneak peek into what it's like to make a Marvel story. So it was a good time and um you know i hopefully you guys feel the energy in the room the crowd loved us they loved us they totally loved us there was like a hundred thousand people in the room you can't you can totally tell yeah totally so let's actually go listen to those hundred thousand people and us Oh, I love this clapping. This is great. I feel so great about myself today. Everybody's trying to be the last one clapping. <laughs> the entire panel is just clapping. Um, so we're actually really excited and honored to be back here. <laughs> For those listening at home, Margie is encouraging people to slow clap. <laughs> Um, so we were here a couple years ago. We had such a great experience. And, and this year we have a great group of panelists. Uh, but uh, um, before we talk about what the Women of Marvel is, uh, I'll introduce myself and Sana. Uh, hi, I am Judy Stevens. Oh, hi, um, Judy. Thank you. Um, I am the co-host of the Women of Marvel, and I'm a producer for the Marvel New Media team. I work on a range of video and podcast series for Marvel.com, including Marvel Becoming, Marvel Quick Draw, um, Marvel Make Me a Hero, uh, and I also work with Ryan Penagos, who, a.k.a. H&M, on a bunch of stuff he does. So. Yeah, Judy. Hi, guys. I'm Sana. Oh, look at that. Look at that very, very photoshopped picture of me. <laughs> you know, but we still use it, which is kind of classic. We still use it. This photo will crash the computer if we keep it up to. It has. Um, uh, my name is Sana Monath. I'm VP of Content and Character Development. I do a lot of different things at the company. I started out I was an, outed as an editor. I made a bunch of different comic books, and now I sort of I help develop content across our company, develop sort of strategies for franchises like Spider-Man and Avengers, and then build out some new content. We're very excited about being specifically here at Y'all West because uh, Women of Marvel started out as an idea about celebrating all of the different kinds of voices that have become a part of Marvel over the past few years and who've made Marvel stand out and created content that is so much more representative of us, of all of us. 
And we wanted to make sure that we're constantly highlighting those creators and also engaging with fans like you. So it's really special to be here, and we're excited to have this incredible group of panelists, all of which who've been working with Marvel for a while in different capacities. And we want this panel to be very much about their experiences at Marvel, working there, being as a fan. I'm going to also tell you a little bit more just about the creative process, how to break into Marvel if you guys want to break into it, um, maybe give, give you guys some spoilers about future films. Just kidding, I might get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then, you'll, then you'll be talking about how to break out of it. We want this to be conversational. Um, so with that, let us introduce the panelists. So first up, we have Lorraine Sink. I am Lorraine Sink. I am a senior creative producer for Marvel, as well as a host of a lot of shows on Marvel.com, as well as our Marvel Studios red carpets. I was just at the Avengers premiere. Ask me what they smell like later. Great. Uh, Do people give you those dresses? I do not get to keep the dresses. They belong tomorrow. I know, you guys. I know, but that's okay because where am I going to wear it? <laughs> I have, that's the only place here. Yeah, next next panel, you guys. Women of Marvel, San Diego Comic Con, TBD. Um, <laughs> in gold. In all sparkle gold. Yeah. But I'm also an author. I have written a couple of Marvel books, but most recently I wrote my first solo book, which is Powers of a Girl. There's the poster for it right there. In the room. Beautiful illustrations by the incredible Alice X. Zhang, and it is all about Marvel's female superheroes using their lessons to inspire and empower young people. And that's that. That's what I do. Yay! And then we have uh, our, our honorable uh, Margaret Stoll, who will welcome us to, to Yale West, who's always the most excited person on the panel. We always love having her. The most excited is like being the most improved on the volleyball team in ninth grade. <laughs> and I think I got most spirited, which is also what that is. Yes, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, me. I'm Margaret Stoll. Okay, and you've written and for us. <laughs> like, a lot of things. Describe your job. I... <laughs> she needs no introduction. I wrote... Uh, Let's see, I've made video games. I do make video games, uh, like my friend here on my left. That would be your right. Joke never gets old. Um, and I wrote uh, Mighty Captain Marvel, Life of Captain Marvel. It was my job to work on Carol Danvers' new origin story. We can talk about that sometime. There were tears. Um, but I love that. It's my favorite thing I think I have ever written. I'm most known for Beautiful Creatures, which became a, um, a movie that you may have seen on the plane. <laughs> and a bunch of other sci-fi. What else do I do? That's enough. That's and, and Oh, I'm Black, Black Widow. I love Black Widow. Natasha and I have spent a bunch of time together. I recommend her highly. Uh, no spoilers. We're not discussing anything today, really. And I'm really happy to be here. The y'alls are my labor of love. Studio audience, you are at a y'all. You're at Y'all West in Santa Monica. We do Y'all Fest in Charleston and Y'all West, and I think this is uh, all in. We've done, f we're on 13. Go in on 14. So and thanks for coming. Margie is too modest, but you guys are here because of her. Yeah. yeah. This is her deal, and she's awesome. And then we have Sam Mags. Oh, it's me. Oh, hey, it's you. That's your signature look. Yeah, professional makeup artists are amazing. <laughs> Such a great photo. Um, hi, I'm Sam Meggs. I'm a writer of books and comics and video games like Margie. Um, yeah, heck yeah. Little multi-hyphenate life, I suppose. We're the, the triple, triple. The, like a double, double. I Like a single threat. Like I do everything kind of okay. Like I'm kind of <laughs> so okay. So it's not really threatening in that yeah, it's way. Not, it's not. I'm very small. Um, yeah, so I started out writing nonfiction books like The Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, Thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> and Girl Squads. And I've done this. 
some of the work I've done with Marvel. Uh, I wrote an encyclopedia uh, of Marvel's women characters with DK called Marvel Fearless and Fantastic, which was super fun. And I am a senior writer at a company called Insomniac Games. Ooh, you may have uh, heard of a little game. They, yeah, we just made a Spider-Man game. I just wait. Yeah. I, I would like to point out that she works now with the most recent Spider-Man game, and, and I worked on the first Spider-Man game That's for the true. console. For a, a, a remarkable device called the PlayStation 1. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about it sometime. They're a little different. I thought you meant the, I thought you meant the Atari game. <laughs> it was only on the Intellivision. Technically, I could have worked on that, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I worked on the DLC, and I'm working on a bunch of other stuff with Marvel now. I've also made comics in the past, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I love working with these guys. I think Marvel's female characters are the, the best of the bunch, and I am honored to be up here with all this amazing talent today. So that's me. Yay. And we have a first-time panelist, Andrea Towers, but not a first-time woman at Marvel. She's been, you've been at Marvel how long now? Um, almost two years. Wow. Oh, it feels, I keep joking, I'm like, it's almost two years, but it feels like I've been there 10 years, in a good way. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how long. Yeah, that's me and my civilian look, uh, by the way, just in case anyone. You specifically wanted that photo, so I picked it. <laughs> I know, I said I did. I sent Judy two photos, and one was really professional, and one was this. And I'm like, use your judgment, but I'm just saying, I really like the photo that's not technically professional. Well, also hashtag Captain Marvel, so. Um, hi, um, I'm Andrea Towers. I work at Marvel. I work in Marvel's uh, PR, marketing, and sales department. Um, so my official title is sales and communications administrator, which I always joke does not sum up basically anything about what I do, because because it's so, it sounds so random. <laughs> but uh, all the comic books that you read, um, I help from a sales and marketing perspective, I help get them into your hands. Um, so I think we'll talk a little more about this, but basically once the books are created, I do a lot of behind the scenes work and making sure people know about them, setting up interviews, um, making sure you know, Talon gets their names out there, setting up a lot of press stuff, doing house ads. So there's a lot that basically goes into making comics so you guys can all get them. And I love being a part of that because I've, as someone who loves comics, as someone who loves Marvel, it's so fun for me to be able to work on like the back end of it and kind of feel like I'm a part of magic, even though it's a very small part of magic. Andrea uh, used to work for EW and covered me when I was writing a Black Widow novel, and that's actually how we met. And it was a fast, fond friendship from then on. Yeah, I basically, uh, I found out that she was, when I was at EW and was covering comics, I found out she was writing the Black Widow YA novel, and I sent a message to, like, I think it was, like, to your website, like, it was like a contact page. It's like, hi, I'm a writer at EW, and I really want to cover this, and I don't know if you're interested. And then Maz, at the time, uh, uh, representative from Disney Books, got back to me, and she was like, yeah, we want you to cover this. And that's how I ended up getting to know Margie, and it's, and it's been great. So we bonded. Sweet. Cool. Um, and last but not least, Mr. Oh. Steven Wacker. This photo, when you sent had, it to me, I was I just, like, saving it forever. Had taken last week. <laughs> <laughs> that hair is great. I feel you like it's fabulous. coming back. We need to discuss this. <laughs> For the podcast listeners, this is a very later. recent photo. <laughs> oh, we'll put it on the internet. Don't worry. <laughs> good, good. Uh, <laughs> Legit snort. What? <laughs> Just snorted. <laughs> I think you need to add sound effects on that snort when you come to the podcast. I have that now on the podcast. I just took a picture so I can tweet it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can send you the actual file, Lorraine. Better Even better. Uh, that picture goes well with a Wham soundtrack. <laughs> so what do you do at Marvel, Steve? I look over creative and content development all over Marvel. Uh, everything from the TV shows to uh, live events to games. To all the new media stuff. And so it's a very broad job. I started uh, editing comics. I worked at Marvel for a long time as an editor on the Spider Books, on Captain Marvel, on Hawkeye, Daredevil, uh, stuff, stuff like that. Sana worked in, uh, in, we had an office together developing um, Ms. Marvel. So I've had a long, uh, a long career at Mar Marvel. And basically now I sit at a desk and every script for everything comes through me so people can cover their butts in case something goes wrong. <laughs> And get mad at you. Yeah. Um, a, a personal note about Steve. So Steve and I have been working together for a very, very long time. 
And I often talk at panels and people always ask me just about how do people support one another? How do you make sure you support more women at Marvel? And Steve was like one of the first individuals, not just men at Marvel, but one of the first individuals who was really supportive of my career. And he's the definition of being like an ally and actually understanding supporting women and also supporting who they are, not just the concept of, oh, you're a woman, you should be great, but developing talent. Um, so I'm very appreciative of everything that he's done. And that's why he will also be an honorary woman of Marvel for life. Yay! I'll take it. I'm a huge, huge fan of the Women of Marvel podcast, and I think it's so cool we're doing it live in front of, from an audience. Yeah, it's cool. Studio on 100,000 people. 100,000 people. Is that John Hamm coming in? I love the ones you picked. Why is John Hamm? Um, so as, as part of the Women of Marvel uh, podcast, so actually this year will be our 10th anniversary at San Diego Comic-Con. In 2009, we had our first sort of official Women of Marvel panel in a small room. I actually have photos of it. Um, it was a great experience. We came back for more. So this year will be our 10th year. And as part of that, you know, when Sana and I really kind of took over the panels, we talked about how at the time, you know, there were maybe one female-led title. And now we have a plethora of titles that range, um, you know, from Captain Marvel to Black Widow to Miss Marvel to Shuri to Ironheart to Squirrel Girl. You know, you could just keep on listing and plus the, you know, women within teams and all the different books that we're doing. So we like to just show this to be like, look, we, we're, we're doing it. We're making progress. And it's all thanks to you guys out there. So just uh, keep on reading, keep on buying, keep on talking about it. So, yeah. And the, the biggest thing to know, and I think will be relevant for you guys, is that outside of the comics, I know sometimes comic book shops can be a little bit inaccessible, but there are so many different places where you can buy comics. You can go to Marvel Unlimited app and get really almost our entire library of content. Obviously, you can buy all of our collections and trades from uh, the book market as well. We've also been doing some really cool things with repackaging like sort of younger content like Moon Girl and Ms. Marvel stuff that you feel comfortable that you can buy as a parent, aunt, uncle, friend for the younger fans in your life. And you can get that everywhere now. We're calling it the Rising Readers Collection. So please look out for that with your booksellers. And we've also done some really great prose content. Uh, Margie really kicked it off with the Black Widow series. Yeah. Um, we've also done Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. We've done uh, Miles With the uh, Shannon Hale. Yes. With, sorry. With, yeah, exactly. Dean and Shannon Hale and Miles uh, Morales by Jason Reynolds. So You may have heard stuff. of him. <laughs> yes. So if you guys are afraid of reading comics, which you shouldn't be because it's so much fun and amazing, but there's so many different ways to enjoy Marvel and enjoy our story and our content. Um, and I think that's actually a really good segue just to talk about all of the different things that we do and how we basically pull together sort of a Marvel story um, and really push out the Marvel brand out there. So um, let's actually kick it off with Lorraine. Well, look, yeah. at, look yeah. at this. We just happen yeah. to have a picture of her book. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I feel like the most interesting thing about Lorraine is so the process of, you know, uh, of creating a, a comic book or content for Marvel is it starts obviously with an idea, which, you know, Lorraine and tackles it as a writer. And then at the end of it all, which we'll get to the end, is like PR marketing and content that supports it, which then Lorraine does at the end. So you're you're like the bookends today. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I start at the beginning and I end at the end, strangely, which doesn't happen a lot. Uh, but yeah, what what do you want me to say? Well, why don't we talk? So like, the the interesting thing is like we talk when people talk about Marvel, everyone's like, oh, there's nothing for girls. Like, what are you talking oh, about? Yeah. There are no female characters. There are no female authors. Like, what is it about what you you've and you've done so much in the mm -hmm. last few years, just really studying the Marvel universe and trying to sort of share with everyone about these this rich history that we have. What have you learned? And sort of what are the highlights of you? Uh, you know, showcasing powers of a girl and all the great characters we've got. Well, you know, I've actually been doing a monthly history spot on the women of Marvel where I talk about the sort of interesting characters of each decade. So really, one of our first female characters was called the Black Widow, but it wasn't Natasha Romanoff. It was this chick named Clairvoyant who made a pact with the devil. Um, <laughs> she was an antihero. But uh, Marvel has like a very storied, rich past. Starting way back from the 1940s, there are these characters that are 
pretty incredible and that we haven't gone back to in a long time, but are so fun to look back to, to like Miss America, who was kind of like the first Captain America in a lot of ways, uh, until you get, you know, into the 60s and 70s, where, you know, a lot of the female characters introduced were these incredible powerhouses like Jean Grey, who can walks into X-Men number one and all the guys are like, hey, babe, what's up? Trying to impress her. And she literally like lifts the beast up and is like, goodbye. (laughs) Thank you, next. Um, And so I think it's really fun to look back at where we have been really, really successful and some points where we're like, goosh, help me. (laughs) And to like, you know, take a moment to look at those stories. But it's been a, just a true joy for me to like get to look back at that stuff. And also, can we just, this month I'm talking about She-Hulk and all I can think about lately is She-Hulk. So if you want to read some of the best comics ever with like the original Deadpool, which is She-Hulk, uh, she loves to break the fourth wall and she's super sassy and, and badass. Go read some 80s She-Hulk because she's the best. She's That's the best. That's a good tweet. Go read some 80s She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she got that big 80s hair and a swimsuit. She's ready. But I think that's what's so great about your book is, like, we talk so much about the newer characters now between, mm-hmm. like, obviously Captain... Well, she's not that new, but this iteration, Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel and Moon Girl and all that. But mm-hmm. there are so many great characters that have existed for decades, like, since oh, the yeah. inception of... Marvel, right? Well, and I think that's one of the things that's so cool. Like, so Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I thought it was really poignant that she was the first co-led studios film because she was the first female chairman of the Avengers. She named the Avengers. If you go back and look at Avengers number one, she's like, why don't we become the Avengers? And they're like, the Avengers are nothing. Goodbye. So, (laughs) you know, like she has such an integral part uh, of that story. And there's so many characters too that uh, I think are still kind of growing in our history, some of them newer. But like Monica Rambeau has been around since the like 1982. And she was the original female Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's an incredible character. But that, I mean, that's the joy of this is like diving into some of the characters that you know and getting to learn what is totally different in the comics and people you never knew existed that are super crazy amazing. So, well, let's talk just the characters themselves. A lot of people don't really know the process of, like, how do you get from a point of, you know, this idea of a character and then suddenly they're on the page and you go to a comics convention and everyone's wearing, like, a Captain Marvel t-shirt. How does that happen? And you know, Steve and I obviously have worked together for a while, but he's such a great idea machine. And a lot of, little do you guys know, a lot of where Captain Marvel and the current iteration of Captain Marvel is because of Steve. Uh, it's Kelly Sue and Steve. And just deciding, which is a big hurrah. Thank you. But Carol Danvers donning this new uniform and sort of becoming who she's always really been really came out of this conversation he was having with the writer Kelly Sue. Steve, why don't you talk a little bit about that process and just conceptually about how you create a new character and also how you get to a point where you can reimagine a classic character? Uh, Well, there's a lot of different ways into it. One of the ways that's sort of we see now with the Captain Marvel stuff and what, what got so exciting to me was the idea of what it would be like to have a character that people were dressing up as, uh, sort of the cosplay aspect. And that became obvious when we did the first issue of Captain Marvel, but before we had even had a first issue out, we were getting pictures of costumes that were created. It was probably Judy. (laughs) (laughs) It was me. So there was already this big cosplay element, and then it becomes this sort of, the you, you realize the strength of the iconography. We were lucky enough Kelly Sue had brought in Jamie McKelvey, the artist that designed the costume. And, I mean, really is, as crass as it might sound, I wanted a character from Marvel, a female character specifically, who could stand right next to Captain America on a box of cereal and who felt like she represented, you know, strength and hope and America and what, whatever, just that, having that sort of feeling. It's sort of hard to put your finger on, but you know it when you see it. So the, the iconography came from that. And then knowing Carol's history as a pilot, having Kelly Sue was just a godsend because she's got uh, flight in her bones and in her family. So she brought a, a strong personal touch. And really, we just wanted to make the right stuff. I, I wanted her to be Chuck Yeager from the get-go. Like, she spits. She's tough. 
she's Air Force, Captain America's army, and they butt heads about that, giving each other grief. And but, she's funny. And she's funny. You, you let her She's be much funny. funnier than him. <laughs> uh, so that's that's one way in. But our our characters, what I always loved about the Marvel Universe, I grew up in a very small town. And I was the only one I knew that read comics. And with the Marvel comics, you could go all around the world. And you could see all different kinds of people. Certainly, I had a very parochial life where everyone sort of looked like me. And so through the comics, I was able to see different people and get their experiences. And I always thought that was the message of Marvel. So it's not surprising now for me to see it everywhere. And what we look for in creative people and creative ideas is for them to bring themselves and pour themselves into the Marvel Universe. I think some of the best books we've done take writers and artists. Captain Marvel was a great example. Kelly Sue had all this experience that she poured into Carol. Um, Matt Fraction poured his sort of day-to-day frustration with life into his Hawkeye book. So that, to me, is the exciting place where new characters come from. Or sometimes you just have a cool power. <laughs> well, the, the thing that I remember Steve challenging me with you just keep moving it. You're just not doing it right. I'm, I'm trying to help. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. I work in production, and I'm just constantly trying to produce Sana. <laughs> Apologies. As, as, as you guys she will find it. out, I need it. Very much so. <laughs> this is how you eat. Um, so, uh, but the, I remember Steve challenging me with the, when we were developing Kamala Khan. He's like, okay, great, great, great. Yeah, sure, you can clap. <laughs> But the idea was, like, he asked a bunch of different questions when we were developing it. But he's like, so what is the visual, like, how, what is she going to look like when we were trying to ideate what her power set was? And he's like, you know, Spider-Man has his, you know, web sling. He's constantly web slinging. He's got his web shooters. That's a really strong visual message. Like, what's your visual message? And that really helped. Yeah, I think about what it looks like on the page yeah. and what's fun for an artist to draw. Yeah. And even going back further with the Ms. Marvel development, we should know we can cut this, but... <laughs> I, I don't like to work. So Sun and I <laughs> shared an office, and half of the day was spent with me just peppering her with questions and doing anything to distract is myself. Is that what it's called? And, and Vine videos. And uh, she's in <laughs> Vine videos. And she was telling stories about herself as a kid in New, in New Jersey. And sort of the genesis of that whole thing was imagining young Sana being a fan of this stuff, but not having a hero that looked like her. And coming in one day and sort of that was what was on my, my mind. I asked her about it and she took the idea and ran with it, brought uh, Will Willow in and Adrian and sort of developed this character from scratch based in large part on herself as a young kid in Jersey staring at bacon. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not to jump in, but you said the exact same thing to me about life of Captain Marvel. You were just like, you just like you just have to do your thing. Like, make it your thing. You just have to put you on the page. Yeah, I, I, I sort of adhere to this idea of these heroes for our creative staff. They're like fiction suits. So you put them on and you go into the st story. And oh, fiction suits is a good idea. I'm gonna I don't think I that. made that up. It's probably Grant. Um, well, I think, I think it's good to talk about, actually, the life of Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel broadly. And sort of, you know, Margie, um, I met through the course of us working on the Black Widow novel, and I realized she's had so much experience with the Marvel characters, but she wasn't writing comics. And I was like, why aren't you writing comics? And so we gave her the Captain Marvel comic book series. Now, I you said, you're going to write a monthly Captain Marvel. And I said, how could I? And you said, how could you not? And I was like, huh. <laughs> and... And, well, monthly is a, is, is a loose exaggeration of yeah. what ended up happening. But, no, we got, we got some scripts out of you, and it was fantastic. And then we ended up developing. We realized there was a point. Um, that was code for Margie's scripts were late. Yes, That's sorry. what you just heard there. You was a little, picking up on was a little this. Dig. I'm a bit of a slacker. Sorry, this is, this is an edi editor dig. It's totally acceptable, guys. Um, you want the good stuff, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> That's a shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it, it was amazing, and yeah. I didn't know what I was doing at all, and I basically learned how to write comics by writing comics in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> and it, it was incredible, because it was such a direct connection to the fandom. And I've been thinking about this a lot, that I think the most powerful stories are community stories. And I think Marvel really understands that its role is to give a voice to a community. And that's what I'm interested in, and that's what gives me power. That's actually what the y'alls are right? Is it's a, these are community stories. 
And there's something so beautiful about joining an 80-year history or a 50-year history. And people are always like, but you don't own it. And I'm like, I don't want to own it. I want to participate in it. Yeah, well, I want to be a part of something bigger than me, yeah. right? And that's what this is too. But I love that, the community story and the idea that like I worked with for Life of Captain Marvel, Marguerite Sauvage, I don't know if you know, like, incredible, Carlos Pacheco, like two of the greatest artists I've known. And it was a transformative experience. And working with all you guys to break out the story and Joe Casada, who's the CCO, the chief creative officer saying like, no, 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 let the artist, that's the artist's moment. You're over, you know, like just really someone like making me confront getting the most out of an artist, which I had never properly, I think, understood what could happen on the page. It was absolutely a transformative experience. So Life of Captain Marvel is sort of the series, if you guys are not familiar, I personally think it's some of Margie's best work. It's so beautiful, so stunning. It's very much her, but it's still Captain Marvel. And it's really a story about Carol going home and us really wanting to discover, like, people, if, you, if you're familiar with that character, she's so powerful, she's so big, and we needed to sort of tell a story that was smaller. And I do think this did such a great job of kind of starting Carol, not necessarily over, but just sort of delivering her to audiences for the first time in a different way. Yeah, well, so. for, for a woman in comics, a female character, right, you are always on the journey. The hero's journey is the journey from side character to main character, right? Because Carol started out as a assistant at NASA. And, and I realized, and I've said this before, that the mess, like for, for a lot of women in real life, the, the hero's journey is the journey towards thinking of yourself as a freaking hero. And that was my mother's journey. And that was my journey. And I realized the mess of Carol's backstory was the point. Like, women thinking of themselves as heroes or, you know, anyone other than, like, the traditional white guy hero, like, those are journeys. Like, to get to the mindset that that, that is something that belongs to you, that you can have. And that's, like, a way harder journey than whatever you're going to do once you are a hero. So that was like, once, once we sat in a room together as a group, and these guys were all there, well, not all these guys, but you were there in spirit. <laughs> like, once we got there, we shared, like, real human stories about what were our families. Because, like, uh, origin story, right, for a human is their family. And we just got out, like, the like, most horrific stories that we knew of our friends and family, and we had a totally different conversation. And that was when I learned that conversations were more important than anything else. And that new ideas and new products and new characters and new worlds come from new conversations with new people. Yeah. And Joe Casada wears a big sweatsuit and gold chains and I look like a flaming, <laughs> bleeding liberal. And, you know, like, we have literally nothing in common. And by the end of two days, we were, like, in love with each other, right? And we were able to tell a story that worked for him and worked for me and worked, hopefully, for everyone in between. And that is a family story. And the other part of it was, like, about Carol's parents and particularly her mother. And that was something that I'd felt like we didn't get to see. Like, how many, like, it's hard enough to get a woman's story on the screen. Do you get the story of their mom? Like, you know, that backstory, it was super poignant for me. My own mother has had a mess my whole life. And so, like, creating, a, you know, like, a heroic, like, a mother who was powerful and could fly and could, like, do things that I've always wanted. I realized, for me, my power fantasy was coming from a strong woman, which is crazy. But it was my human story. And, it, and it, it began to resonate for readers. So um, it was like, it was a, actually sort of a life-changing uh, experience. And I, I'm so glad we had it. But thanks, Mom. <laughs> well, I, I, should, I should mention, in case you don't know, uh, Joe Casada was in Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Steve. <laughs> so, so we talked about a little bit about, you know, creating, working on characters that are new and old. And I feel like Sam has an experience of working on this super iconic character, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and, and bringing, you know, him to sort of the next generation. I mean, what has it been like for you to sort of work with Insomniac and work on this game that is like so phenomenal? Like, it, 
It was like a huge amount of pressure. My, so my dad, talking about families, my dad grew up reading Marvel comics, Golden Age comics. He was a huge fan, and Spider-Man was always his favorite character. So when I came in and started working with the Spider-Man team, I was like terrified and excited, and I felt like a lot of different emotions about it. Because it is, it is a myth, essentially. It's like a, a modern mythos. Um, and to be someone who gets to participate in that and contribute to that is a huge honor, but also comes with a lot of pressure, I think, because you want to do it justice and you want to tell a good story that's relatable to a lot of people, even if you're not writing for a female superhero. You know, you want to make Peter someone that everybody can look at and and relate to that experience. Uh, I think the best thing about writing for video games is that you are a part of a big team. Um, at Insomniac, we have a pretty small writing team, but we're part of a much larger production team. I, there's hundreds of people at the studio, and they all have better ideas than I do. So it's that, really... That's actually not true. <laughs> uh, side note. For our studio audience, not true. <laughs> Thank you, Margie. But no, there are so many talented people that work on the game that aren't in writing, that are environment artists, that are level designers, that are riggers, that are, you know, come from all these different perspectives and bring all this different stuff to the table that you're able to sort of conglomerate and use to inform the story. So that's pretty great. The challenging thing about working in video games is that you have a lot more constraints than you do in comics. You know, if I wanted to tell a Spider-Man story in a, in a comic book that involved 17 unicorns, I would tell my artist, and then we're going to have 17 unicorns, and they would hate me, and they would curse my name, but they would probably do it. But in video games... But their if, mouths wouldn't animate. They'd yeah, have, no. like, they'd be running around like Well, that's this. it, right? In video games, if I go to the rest of the team, and I'm like, and then 17 unicorns, someone's going to be like, well, we can only get one character on the screen at a time. So can, can it be one unicorn? And, and maybe like, a dog. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then they're going to be like, oh, we only have a rig for a goat. So can your story about 17 unicorns it's now a goat be about one goat? And you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, I can make that work. And then when you're happy with it internally, we're dealing with Marvel Studios as the original IP holder. So then we have to go to Marvel and be like, we've made a Spider-Man story about one goat. <laughs> for all these reasons. And they're like, well, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? And you're like, oh, technical stuff. So it's this like, really interesting <laughs> challenge of trying to make something like technically work that is also a great story that also stays true to the character of Peter Parker. It's such a... Um, there are so many different challenges, but that challenge, those challenges create a really fun box in which you get to play. Uh, so I like it. Margie knows the challenges of working in video games it's a lot, but it's, it's really... Yeah, it's Are really there a lot of women at Insomniac? We're about 12% women, so I'm frequently the only um, woman in the meeting okay. room. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm sure a lot of folks on this panel, Judy and I were just talking about this, know, know what that feels like. Uh, and so you often have to speak up and be the person that's like, women don't talk like that. <laughs> um, or whatever. <laughs> but luckily at Insomniac, they want that opinion. They're like, we don't know how to do so please help us. So that's great. It's all about finding that team of people, you know, like Steven, who are open to being like, oh, we want to appeal to everybody, we want to be accessible, we want to be relatable. Um, the i got to say, as the Marvel creative development guy, I love this goat idea. Okay, I love it. Yeah, yeah. He has the web slingers now. We're, <laughs> we're announcing the Spider-Man 2 uh, video game today. Uh, <laughs> and it starts a goat. It starts starting a goat. So I really think you should stick with goatacorn. He can <laughs> shoot them then, out the horn. Look at this. <laughs> And then and they Marvel. Say there are no bad ideas. <laughs> yeah, and then Marvel Entertainment closed its doors after 80 years. <laughs> Thanks, Hashtag guys. Goats. Happened here. Well, we do a lot of engagement with the community, and sort of people have lots of opinions about Marvel, and Andrea has to deal with a lot of them I for the most it's part. Fun. That's a fun part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what has it been like, sort of? You know, we have all this great content coming out, and you are sort of front facing with a lot of our consumers, our fans helping to kind of share our stories with the world. And also, specifically, you know, you started out covering Marvel at EW, and now you're sort of behind the scenes. What has been sort of that shift been like for you as well? Um, so it's been really interesting. I mean, when I started at um, Entertainment Weekly, I 
kind of, I didn't really have a beat. It was just write, you know, what you're interested in. And I was like, okay, well, my, like, take stories you're interested in. Like, okay, my interests are, like, Marvel Studios movies, Marvel comics, and, like, television, like, particularly Marvel television. And so, like, <laughs> what are like, you I saying, kind of Andrew? <laughs> but kind of through that, I kind of built up a beat for myself. So I ended up covering a lot of Marvel comics. I worked a lot with editorial. I worked with who was doing PR at the time. And so it was fun for me because I've always, because I, I love everything about comics. I have so much respect for the writers and the artists. And I'm so, I'm so enamored with everything that goes into actually making a comic. And I've loved that for a long time. So when I was a journalist, like it was so fun for me to be able to like call people like Margie or people like Sana and like, and talk to them and say like, you know, how did you, how did you come up with this character? Or how did you you know, decide on the story and get, and then be able to bring that to the world so they could, you know, they could see that story more than they would just see from, like, the pages in the comic book. They could have a background. And so when I came to Marvel, it was, I kept joking that now I was on, like, the other side of what I had been doing for so many years. Uh, and it was, and it was kind of, like, a weird whirlwind for me because because now I was interacting with all these press people and all these fans like who knew me as a journalist and now I was the one now I'm the one sending them emails and saying hey do you want to like do an interview about this new book that we have coming out and we could set you up with these interviews with like the editorial team and we can give you all these pages to show and now having that background of knowing like having worked at Marvel and knowing what goes into actually making the comic you know how long it takes from when, like, when we get an email saying this book is coming out in this date or with this creative team, like what the process is from, okay, figuring out when we have to announce that by because it's going to be shown in a catalog that has to hit at a certain date. And then when we need to work with talent to say when they can talk about it on social media and make sure people have enough time to know about the book so they can order it. And so they're not just blindsided when it comes into stores and no one knows that this book came out. Um, but I mean, part of my job is also, I, I spend a lot of time on social media, which is probably not a great thing <laughs> in general, but, um, but I get to see like a lot of the reactions from fans and from press and just from the industry to our books. Um, and, and it's been, it's been really fun. We've had, especially like this year recently, um, we've had, we've had a lot of good stuff happening. We've had a lot of good books out, um, you know, especially with Captain Marvel, um, and all the Avengers stuff, it's just, it's been, I feel like people are really, really finding these characters and really loving them and getting a new appreciation for them. And so, um, so I love, I love seeing that. And I love the fact that I have the, um, like now I, I kind of have both sides of, I feel like I have the best of both worlds in a way that I was able to have both sides of the industry. So Great. I think it's cool. Your, your job is so cool. That sort of fan facing thing that Marvel does Marvel invented that. That didn't exist until Stan, and most notably, who you walk in the footsteps of, the original woman of Marvel, Flo Steinberg, yep. yeah. who passed away a couple years ago, but worked there with Stan in the office. And if you were a fan, you could go up to that office, and you could sit with Flo, and she would get you a signature or whatever. And the people that were fans back then remember that. And that's what Andrea does now. It's her, she, it's her job to be the face of who we are And I'm like, And I, I'm a fan myself, which, I mean... I've kind of been saying that the whole time, but like, but because I like love these books and because I love the characters, like when I interact with people or when I'm answering questions about a book or when I'm setting up an interview or when I'm doing fan facing stuff, like I feel like I'm interacting like in my brain, I know that I am interacting as a face of Marvel, quote unquote, but also like I'm a fan interacting with people. If someone tweets at me and says, oh my God, I can't believe like there's a new Black Widow book out. Oh my God. And I'm tweeting back at them in all caps, like screw my brand. Like, oh my God, I know. I'm so excited. Like that's my, that's how. What's it like to get a positive tweet about Marvel? <laughs> it happens more often than you think. So we have to, we have to wrap real quick, but um, we want to be able to throw out like if there's any one or two questions for the panelists, please, please do it. Yes, I hey. see hand raised. Let's do it. Go. The question was, when you are the only girl in the room, is it difficult to balance trying to represent all women and also having your own ideas? And the no, answer is, no, no. Yeah, no, I feel no pressure. <laughs> I'm amazing. Uh, and everyone should listen to me all the time. No. <laughs> uh, Sarah, Sarah Kuhn uh, has a, calls it rep sweats. 
Yeah. And like, we definitely have rep sweat. Yeah, I don't want that to be my answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you should. I mean, um, I, I think that the true solution is that like, the, it's, you can't represent all women. You have to have more than one woman in the room. You have to have queer women. You have to have POC. You have to have more than... All women's experiences are different. And so the answer is hire more women. Like, Yeah. Well, and I would also say make sure that like you don't lose the uniqueness of the story that you want to tell because you're still a woman telling a story and that's one perspective. You can't do all... Pers- I mean, I'm, I usually have to do the brown thing and the woman thing at the yeah. same time. Yeah. It's not going to work. You're not going to please everyone. But again, find your allies in the room. Find your Steve yeah. Wackers in the room and the people who are going to also have that like-minded point of view. But then also, if you want to write Iron Man... Right, I, you know, like, yeah. like, <laughs> write what you want to write. Like, fine. I work Tony Stark into literally everything I write because it, it because I kind of am Tony Stark, and that's not necessarily a compliment, but I accept that. I have a little evil Tony Stark who sits on my shoulder and tells bad jokes all day long, and there's really no angel on the other one. But like, do you don't have to be in the girl box all the time if you don't want to either. I reject the girl box routinely. I mean, partly I have a non-binary trans child, so I like I'm trained now to look at parts and say, why you know like why do our pronouns tie to our genitalia? That's so weird, you know. Like yeah. Well, remember I'm the like bleeding heart other side. So, so we'll have one more question here. Animation for older audiences. So I feel that when we talk about adult cartoons or adult animations, adult for the dumb reasons. And when we think about cartoons, it's usually animation aimed at younger child audiences and then we're expected to jump into live action. I think we got a taste of that with the Spider-Verse. Yeah, what you yeah that was amazing. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because there are a bunch of new animated projects coming to Hulu that have been announced. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. we can talk a bit about about our- the future is that adult animation will exist. We, yeah, they're saying we've announced um, Modoc. Um, what are, I'm trying to think of all Dazzler the shows. and Dazzler and Tigra and Tigra. Uh, Hit Monkey. That's cool. Which is uh, let me explain the concept. <laughs> uh, and Howard and, the Duck. And Howard the Duck. Yeah. So yeah. you know we're we're getting into that in, into that world. I think there are enough cable channels in the world at this point that they will be trying everything. So I think adult animation is, at least from us, is going to be something we're going into big. But I think or all teen animation. Teen animation? Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how to sliver that. Yeah. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think you're just talking about more sort of elevated animation that's more all ages friendly-ish to an extent. That's a cross point. Yeah. 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 Well, we we hope that like we have a bunch of different projects in 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 the works, and I think it's just more about making sure you're not really pandering to a particular audience. You're just telling a really good story. I think that's how you get there. So we do have things that we're working on that we hope to be able to get there. We'll see how the audience responds to it. But also the under twenty, the under yeah. the fifty percent of the world is under age of twenty. Your and your brains are nothing like old dead brains, and you are changing everything, and it is joyous. And so what, what is amazing about 20 and under is you guys have your perspective and you take it with you into the workplace and you re-energize, redefine, you put up with nothing, like you are, you are warriors. And so like what you want is going to happen because you are all already making it happen. And that is super powerful. So the rest of us are just trying to listen to you. So don't actually doubt who the powerful people in the room are. They are actually not here. They are definitely out there. Thanks so much for coming, guys. This is great. Thank you. We will, um, we're going to stand together really quickly in case any of you want a picture, because if you post all those panel pictures of us, my mouth is always, ah. Let's, Let's take a post photo, everyone up. Thanks again to Yael West and Margaret Stoll and the entire team, uh, especially all our panels. We had such a phenomenally great time um, that weekend uh, and just enjoying and meeting all new like creators and writers. Uh, Lorraine and I actually got to be on another panel about fandom and I got to talk about cosplay. It was so much fun. Sana sat in the audience. Persia gave us great looks. It was fabulous. It was great. I got called out while I was in the audience too. So it was. That's, it was... that's what happens when you sit in the second row. I know. It's like a comedy show. It's being supportive. Also, I just want to say, it's Thursday, and 
comics come out on Wednesdays, okay? I was going to say it's free comic book day. It wasn't. Free comic book day. You guys all missed it. But go to your local comic shop. Get out. Get Go go buy some comics. This is this is going to be a bi-weekly reminder. I'm going to remind you guys. Actually, uh, War of the Realms is happening right now. And yeah. there's a lot of great books out next Wednesday. Um, that's following all the magical adventures that uh, that is happening um, in New York City as all of the different uh, realms have come to attack New York. Um, plus, there's all such such fun, great content happening every every week, every yeah. Wednesday. Go get your pull list. Go get your pull list. Read some comics. It's a lot of fun. It all starts here. We want to send a heartfelt thanks and farewell to our audio producer, Brandon Grugel. Uh, he was one of the first people to really step uh, into our team and actually help us and facilitate us more than just me in a room sort of sometimes yelling at Sana. He actually produced us, which is amazing. Yeah, he has, he's He's really done a fantastic job, and I have to say, like, you know, I'm going to miss him quite a bit. I think he's super talented, but he's going to do some really great things. Uh, and so we wish him the best. We love you, Brandon. We're going to miss you, even though we hate you for leaving. But thanks for giving us Persia. Yes, Persia's still around. She's grimacing behind the scenes, always telling us what we messed up, which is most of it. And we're going to get her on the podcast soon so you guys can meet our audio producer. Yeah, we are. Who sits in the corner and gives us faces. She's like Daria. (laughs) Oh, my God. She is like Daria. She's totally like Daria. I don't think she was old enough to know what Daria is. No, she doesn't get it because she's very young. Well, I think that's it this week. We will check you guys later. This is Marvel. Your universe.